0: With over $500,000 in contest prize money up for grabs, the NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. Head to MyBookie.ag to choose from a variety of boosts and free bets and get in on the fan-favorite $100,000 Super Contest, which only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against a spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. In order to get started, make your first deposit over at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN to instantly receive double your deposit. That's right, double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using our promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. ABSOLUTE Sports Betting Degeneracy.
1: Hey everybody, Arch here. It's it's uh, Thursday after the uh, Daily Show, which can only mean one thing: We're talking some UFC with Mr. James Evans. What's going on, James?
2: Doing very well, thank you, mate. I mean, was it we've had like a, a two-week hiatus? I honestly I don't know how you've coped without me for that long, but here we are today talking some UFC. Like I said to you off air, like I've tried to scrape the barrel with this weekend's action, but we we've done it, we've made it, and here we go and. Yeah. We'll go from there, but next weekend, it's the big show. You know, we finally got the return of the pay-per-view card. It feels like such a long time since we've had the, the last pay-per-view from last month when it was Cyril Garner versus Derek Lewis, but, you know, next weekend should be a real fun fest. We just got to get through this week first and then, yeah, on to 268, two, uh, oh, six, two, six, six, I believe. 268,
1: man. Yeah. Uh, good job scheduling. You have the MMA scheduling, guys. Jesus Christ. There's a <laughs> lot of fights. I don't think there's that many good fights. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, yeah, no, very few. Like I said, we, we, we scraped the barrel of this one. We really did.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, there's a ton of them, at least. So, I mean, yeah, you know, mm. yeah, it's just like going to a buffet that stinks, right? You just... You yeah,
2: probably, I think, um, do you have buffets never been there? Been to it, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've got buffets. I think the only buffet we've got in... Um, where i live is literally all all you can eat chinese (laughs) and i don't think we've got any other (laughs) we haven't got any other buffets around me, so all you can eat Uh, chinese is is what
1: you do after the bars man that's the perfect food
2: oh honestly yeah i mean all you can eat chinese it's literally a death wish for
1: you oh man i guess we should get to it we got a lot i don't know let's see we'll see what value we can uncover (laughs) Where are we starting first on this?
2: uh, I'm sure you'll disagree with me at some point, but we'll start off with the main event between Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. And again, you know, when you look at the pair, Smith is obviously much more experienced out of the two. He currently sits sixth place in the UFC light heavyweight rankings and five places ahead of Spann now. For Ryan Spann, this is a big opportunity to sort of like burst his way up into contention because over the years, you know, prior to Anthony Smith's Two, um, two wins over uh, Jimmy Crute and uh, Devin Clark. He was sort of known as a sort of like gatekeeper in the division following his losses to Alexander Rakic and Glover Teixeira. But now, you know, he's sort of wanting to, to get back into the title mix with Jan Blahovic and Glover Teixeira going down in um, next month, I believe, late October. So, you know, with a win over Ryan Spann, that I'm sure surely do his uh, title contention wonders but Ryan Spann is, Ryan Spann is no walker in the park really. He's a, a knockout artist at heart. You know, he's a clinical finisher. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. I think Ryan Span he's won five of his first six fights in the UFC Octagon. So, he's, you know, he's not one to be taken lightly. Again, with Anthony Smith, as I said, this will be a sort of a good opportunity to sort of extend his winning streak to three and this one's tough to call. I've been... Topping and turning over the last week or so. I honestly could not call this, but I think now I've gone with a decision. When you break it down, Ryan Spam will obviously come into the fight with the height, the reach, and general size advantage. And we'll sort of look to put the pressure on Smith early because. Ryan Spann hasn't really been in many main events in his, over his career. You know, Anthony Smith has went five rounds with John Jones. So he's got the experience, he's got the cardio, and he's got the experience to, to sort of go 25 minutes. Whereas with Ryan Spann, you know, he's, like I said, he's a, a clinical finisher, likes to get the job done early. So I think going into this fight, I think with Ryan Spann, because obviously he's got the, the youthfulness on his side, he's got the size and the reach advantage, he's got the knockout power, I think he's just sort of got a, get it done early. And I mean, if he gasses out early, he's probably got three or four more rounds just to sort of fare with Anthony Smith. And that could sort of pay dividends for Lionheart this weekend. If Ryan Spann doesn't get it done early, then it could be a long night at the office for him. And with Smith in his last two fights, despite winning those two and reasonably convincing style, he hasn't, he's looked a bit slower compared to the fights before the losses to Rakic and Teixeira. So that is one cause of concern. I think Anthony Smith has really just sort of got a control proceedings early on because he's, like I said, he's got the experience. He's fought such a long time at the top. Ryan Spence just sort of bursting in, into the sort of UFC top ten light like heavyweight rankings, and he doesn't want to go down as that gatekeeper. And I think if Anthony Smith just sort of uses those leg kicks well and you know wins in the early exchanges, I think he'll be he'll do alright for himself. And I think this one will. I think Anthony Smith will want to try and get the fight to the ground. I know you said earlier his takedown accuracy is not the best, but I think if he can avoid those like long, hard knockout blows early on uh, of Ryan Spann, I think Anthony Smith will have the ability to get it done and potentially look for the submission because he's very, very good on his back. And as soon as he gets the opponent to the floor, it's even though Ryan Spann is a very good wrestler, Anthony Smith is a good submission artist. So I think if he can get fight to the floor, get ryan's found a lot of trouble i think he'll get a submission so i don't think this one will go the distance i'm probably going to go for an anti-smith fire second round submission second round submission wow mm. going out guns blazing yeah, man. No. right from the get-go
1: yeah no i agree with you I- i'm definitely leaning anthony smith what he's like minus 160 160- yeah minus 160 is the best i can see uh, mm. up to minus 170 at some books he's clearly the favorite I think you're right. I think he probably does end the fight early. I, I was thinking more TKO, but I, mm. I'm just leaning this way. I, I can't quite bet it. So I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you and disagreeing with you. <laughs> I think Smith wins <laughs> a the fight. Yeah, wins the fight. Yeah. Wins the fight early. But I just can't bet it. So maybe, no. maybe I'll end up following you.
2: No, no, this is this is an awkward one because, again, Ryan Spann has that knockout of power, but if Anthony Smith can sort of control, proceed. he'll get a job done. But this is an awkward main event, really. Ooh.
1: It's you. I
2: have gone for Smith. <laughs>
1: yeah, I gotcha. All right, next up, what are we looking at?
2: Next up, I've got Eon Kuntalaba versus Devon Clark. Now, this one, I think with Eon Kuntalaba, he's obviously coming off of those... Um, Battles or sort of odd battles with um, Magomed and Kalayev. And then before, well, his last fight was against Dustin Jacoby, I believe, three months ago, which was a decision-split draw. So I think he's going to, his last win came, what, just nearly two years ago against Khalil Roundtree. So he's going to want to get back into the wing column. Or as you look at Devin Clark, he's just lost nine months ago to Anthony Smith, who's obviously fighting in the main event. So this is a perfect opportunity for Ian Kuntalaba to get back into the wing column. Now, when you look at Ian Kuntalaba, I'd say he's probably more of the well-rounded, I think, yeah, when you compare the two, I think he's probably the more of a, a striker at this point. However, you know, he'll happily strike with grapplers and, Take down strikers in order to sort of figure out his path to victory in any sort of fight. Clark, regardless of his opponent, will pretty much always attempt to force the wrestling match. You know, he wanted to take the fight to the floor earlier and just sort of grind out his opponent and outpoint him on the floor. So both men are very good at, you know being the hammer and extremely uncomfortable being the nail, you know, Kutala comes out for strong and historically tends to sort of get the job done early on. And he likes to plod forward and just sort of circle away from his opponent and just land that knockout blow. You know, he tends to land those slip jabs, those hooks and those crosses well. And as I said, he'll look to circle his opponent at any given opportunity and just explode. But as I alluded to, he's got a great wrestling background, a samba background. He's a powerful grappler and I like Kutalaba, but he's just been a bit inconsistent, you know, since his arrival in the UFC. There is potential there and we have seen it over the years, but this is a perfect fight to sort of show the UFC fans, you know, what he is capable of and wherever the fight goes, I genuinely think Neon Kutalaba can hold his own. I think on the feet, Kutalaba will look to exploit Devin Clark's vulnerability. You know, he does take, tend to take a hit and when he's under pressure, obviously we will see Devin Clark sort of, his shoot for the takedown, and you know, those wrestling prep that pressure in his wrestling exchanges will sort of pay dividends potentially for Devon Clark. He may get Kutilaba to the floor, but again, Ian Kuntulaba is just well rounded wherever the fight goes, and he himself Kutulaba might even get the submission. So, ultimately, if if Devon Clark can force the wrestling match in this one, I think he may be able to outpoint uh, Ian Kuntulaba and p- potentially get a submission uh, decision win. Sorry, but early on in the fight. I think it's no secret that Kutalaba will have the early advantage where he'll be most dangerous and Clark will probably get the better out of Ion Kutalaba in the third round. You know, the first two will be a walk in the part of Ion Kutalaba. So the first two rounds are going to be vital for Eon. If he can get the finish, that will be great. But third round sort of Devon Clark will sort of naturally push the pace and try and get the finish or maybe even sneak a uh, decision in there. So I'm going to go for Ian Consolava on this one. I think he's too powerful of a puncher. I think Devin Clark will get caught with a couple of bombs in the first round and then ultimately get knocked out in the second round.
1: There you go. Wow. Step for step. I agree with you. Uh, you know, Ian throws way more punches. Uh, yeah, the, the, the one concern I have is that Devin Clark's pretty good at uh, striking defense. Hmm. So, so, you know, he's, it, it, it's a little concern. He's not great, but he's not bad. Um, let's see here yeah i just don't i don't see a submission at all i think ian i know no. yeah, no, i think ian's gonna tko him i agree with you 100 ian's a nice favorite minus 149 i wouldn't be worried about betting that i think ian does win the fight pretty handily uh so yeah, uh, but i am gonna follow you tko in the second i think that's the play
2: hmm. yeah i think he's got two rounds to knock him out whereas in the third we'll probably see Devin Platt come out of his shell a bit and try and push for the finish all right next up what are you looking at Next up I've got Armin Sorokiayan versus Christos Kyagos. Now when you, I think from what I've seen this week, when you look at the um betting odds, Armin is a huge, huge, huge favourite and this I mean, all signs are pointing towards Armin on this weekend. I'm a thoroughly a huge fan of him. He's only twenty four, he's a huge talent in the lightweight division and he's three and one in the UFC and that loss was to Islam Makashev on his debut, so Despite losing convincingly, he you know, he took Islam to the, the decision. So I think we you look at Islam now, he's in contention to sort of put himself in the mix for a title, con- title shot at lightweight. So there's no shame in losing to um, Islam Makhachev on your UFC debut. Since then, he's won over Olivier uh, Mercier, David Ramos via decision, and Matt Provola via decision seven months ago. So he'll look to extend that winning streak on Sukarian, whereas look at Christos. He's on a two-fight win streak over Carlton Minus and and uh, Sean Soriano by a submission uh, by a submission about three months ago. So when you look at the two, I think uh, Armin's just very well-rounded, but I think he's more of a better wrestler. He's got that perfect one-shot knockout. I just think he's just too talented in all areas of mixed martial arts for me to tip out uh, to to Gyargos victory. I think Sakarian is a colossal favorite for a reason. He's going to win the fight. And I guess sort of for betters this weekend, it's just how Sakarian gets it done. I honestly, I'm scratching my head. I think with Gyargos, you know, he's not naturally a gifted wrestler. He's still a solid wrestler, but you don't want to be messing around on the feet with, uh, on the mat with a guy like Sakarian. So I think he can get, if he can get the fight to the floor early on, I think Armin will get it done by decision. But I think if he's, battering him for 10, 15 minutes. He may even sneak in a ground and pound TKO in the third round. But naturally, when you look at his last three fights in the UFC, they have all gone the decision. So I'm probably going to bet Armin Sarkurian uh, by decision in this one.
1: All right. That's the only way to play it. (laughs)
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) He's minus 800. Mm. armin is to win the fight so it's way too much way too much i i, I can't i can't back that oh geez minus <laughs> minus 825 minus 795 too much too much but i do think decision might be the plates i just saw the one book minus 110 if you have to bet the fight yeah look for a minus you know look for a decision. find the best odds you can get and just no, you know, absolutely. roll the dice uh, i'm leaning that way with you i'm not gonna bet this fight
0: no guess who's back back again Up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
2: What else you got? I think the final fight I've got is between Hakeem Buckley and Antonio Arroyo. (laughs) Now, this one is an awkward fight. I think when you break it down, Hakeem Buckley, he'll either... Produce a highlight reel knockout or he'll get knocked out <laughs> by Antonio Arroyo. I, this is a tough one. Antonio Arroyo, despite losing his uh, twice on his UFC debut, I think he's 0-2 so far. He's lost to Dan Win and uh, Andre Munoz. Hakeem Buckley has come off of that highlight reel knockout defeat to Alessio Di But before that, he produced a sensational knockout win over Jordan Wright and Imba Kosagny before that. So there is a potential for both men just to sort of go swinging for the bleachers and then hopefully land that knockout blow. I think, personally, Antonio, Royer, in terms of his striking, he's more cool, calm, and collected. Whereas Joaquin Buckley is always looking for that knockout blow with that traditional southpaw stance. Now he is going to be the smaller man, and he is a, he is a particularly small bloke at middleweight. He's a five ten compared to mm. Antonio, who's six foot three. But he's just he's just a big bloke, you know. He's a, an explosive. He has that sort of explosive boxing style. He will shift side to side and the feet just, just sort of fainting and looking for the opportunity to explode in the pocket. He has that speed advantage because he's small and he carries. I don't know, he usually tends to beat his opponent to that punch because he's obviously this small and has that speed with him. But again, like I said, with Arroyo, he's more of a different striker. He tends to prefer that karate stance. He will position himself sideways and he's very light on the feet. And I'm looking forward to this matchup. Uh, I think Arroyo, he. He should not going into this fight. I don't think he should overcommit on his footwork because if he provides Joaquin Buckley with an opportunity to sort of counter and look for that knockout finish, he will, he really will <laughs> pay dividends and will look to exploit that. So I think if <laughs> he's dedicated to that jab, uh, Arroyo and sort of mixes in those high kicks, especially at maintaining that good range, then maybe he can get the job done. But like I said, Joaquin Buckley will either produce a knockout a sensation of like oh we'll get knocked out. And I honestly don't know if this weekend is potentially this fight in particular is a very good opportunity to sort of lean towards the underdog. But I think no hope that uh, Joaquin Buckley's knockout power will always be a threat in any matchup, whoever he's fighting. If Arroyo can stay composed and stay disciplined with that set game plan, kicking that range and sort of controlling proceedings, then maybe he'll get the finish. But I can't see it happening personally. I'm going to go for Hakeem Buckley via second round TKO.
1: Yeah. I'm leaning with you. I'm leaning with you in it's this. It's tough. Honestly, it really is tough. This is a really hard fight to call. I know that Buckley's the massive favorite, minus 206. Yeah. But I just don't have him winning that often, you know, to, to cover that. So I'm trying to see your TKO. I think you're. Pro- oh, boy. I fucked up. <laughs> I closed the tab. Fuck it. I'll look that up later, but I think you're right. I think if it is going to end, it's going to be Buckley TKO. So I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to follow you on this fight, but I'm definitely leaning that way with you. I'm giving you all my support possible. I'm I'm, cheer- <laughs> I'm cheering for Make you from change. the yeah from the stands. Go go James go! But. <laughs> I don't like this yeah. fight. I want to avoid this one.
2: No, no, I I probably would avoid this one. <laughs> Personally, I, know, I, know, I know I'm better than Joaquin Buckley, but <laughs> when you, when you watch Joaquin Buckley, you just never know what's going to happen honestly you just you can't call it you know the bloke's liability (laughs) and that's an understatement so yeah although i betted joaquin buckley i would probably avoid this fight uh
1: just okay scanning real quick buckley by ko tko or dq as plus 105
2: so there is some value there there is some value to
1: to get the tko all
2: right do you have anything else no i think that's it but i'm i'm probably sure you've got some
1: i got some that you can shoot down laugh at me mock, (laughs) mock me uh, I want to look at Arian. I know we didn't talk about this pre-show, but I was looking at no, the no. numbers again. Arion Lipsky versus Mandy Baum. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, Lipsky open. opened up even. Minus 107 both sides of pinnacle. It's Lipsky minus 117 now. And Baum is plus 102. So th- the line is seemingly shifting in Lipsky's favor. And looking at this, I think Lipsky is the play. Minus 117 is not too chalky. I think you can do that. Oh, hell, I see a minus 110. I like that. I want to take Lipsky to win the fight. Minus 110. Thinking decision for some reason, James. I don't know why, but I'm thinking decision. <laughs>
2: You're thinking decision now. That's a surprise. Um, I, I honestly, I'm torn in this fight, really. I mean, when you look at Mandy Bond... She's 7-0 and for a reason. She's a talented fighter and she'll be making his UFC debut whereas when wouldn't look at Ariane Lipsky. She's obviously coming off that loss to Montana De La Rosa and Anton- Antonina Shevchenko. But she is training down at ATT and you look at the American top team, who they've got in their roster. It's just a sort of plethora of talent and a, a plethora of uh, coaches as well. So I think Ariane Lipsky, you know, they will sort of pinpoint where her weaknesses are and if she can sort of this has been a good count for her and sort of ATT have sort of encouraged her to sort of like avoid those mistakes early on because Mandy Bond, you know, she's not one to be overlooked upon. You know, she's 7-0 for a reason. She's impressed on the Bellator scene and uh, all the other regional promotions across Europe. So I, I don't know. I think in terms of Ariane Lipsky, the reason why probably people are going to sort of lean towards her is obviously because she's got that UFC experience, she's been fighting under the UFC banner for like over two years now. So I'm probably gonna bet Mandy Baum in this one. I, know I like I like her for a reason, but if I just I think both are they're so decent in terms of their approach and they're they're very well rounded but I just fancy Mandy Baum in this one purely because she's 7 and 0. I'm not a big fan of Ariane Nitsky. Every time I want to see her fight I always demand that bit more from her and she just sort of never provides that you know so i'm probably gonna bet money bomb this one by decision oh so decision it's tough
1: decision bet okay it's tough though you just shit all over me you spend like one minute just shitting all
2: over me man i don't know it depends what fight you've got next because i think i I did agree with you with one of them
1: i think you're gonna shit all over me again
2: (laughs) (laughs) which one's this one
1: we are looking at nate (laughs) nate mans versus tony gravely and Mm. uh let's see here you know, Nate is a big underdog, plus 181. But I, yeah. think, I think there's enough value here to take Nate. I don't even care about method when I'm getting plus 81. I'll just take him to win the fight. Give me Nate, plus 181, man. That's my bet.
2: No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in agreement with you here. I, I think the big issue for Tony Gravely in this one is, is just sort of whether he can sort of stand and sort of last a 415 because his gas tank and his cardio has sort of been a bit of an issue with the last couple of years but he's on an impressive uh, streak he's on a two-fight win streak against Anthony Bochuk and Gerardo de Frietez whereas you look at Nate Maness he's on a three-fight win streak over Luke Sanders Johnny Munoz Jr and Callum Van so I, I'm a big fan of Nate Manus. he's 13 and 1 there is potential there to sort of burst up into the Bantamweight rankings but Again, Tony Gravely's no walk in the park. You know He's very talented himself, 29 years of age, and that there is potential there to sort of burst into the contention for the top 10, top 15 at Bantamweight. But ultimately, I am probably going to bet Nate Maness in this one, but this is a, such a, such a, such a, such a, and I cannot stress this enough, this is such a coin flip. I genuinely don't know. I think the wrestling exchanges are probably going to be An interesting one to see. I think Tony Grayley will sort of edge that one. I think the stylistic clash up will probably benefit Tony Grayley, but I just think Nate Maness, he's he's a very tough fighter and I think he'll get this one done by decision, but this one will be one to watch this weekend. Okay. So you're jumping on it with me. Yeah. Yeah. For once.
1: Oh, look at that. (laughs) I thought you were going to shoot me down. I really thought you were going to disagree with me.
2: No, no. I'm in agreement with you for once.
1: (laughs) All right. So we got Mike Rodriguez fighting Taff on whatever. Um, (laughs) <laughs> taffin's gonna win the fight I, yeah. I like him an awful lot here it's only minus one oh minus 118 that's the best odds i can find i think that's uh i think that's a, a definitely a bet uh again with only minus 118 i guess i'll lean decision but I, i'm just going to take the minus 118 and run with it what do you think
2: yeah i'm in agreement do you I think Tafon is and they're both of coming off uh, coming off of a loss, obviously. Tafon against Junior Park and Mike Rodriguez is coming off the defeats to Daniel Marquez and Ed Herman. I think this one's probably going to be a, a bit, of, bit of a stand-up match. I know I'm thoroughly looking forward to the striking exchanges between mm. these two. Um, I, I think Njuri will probably get the finish in this one. I think he's more of the, the power puncher. I think in terms of the striking exchanges, I think... This is a tough one, honestly, it's cool. Mike Rodriguez is probably going to be a bit cautious in this approach, but Tafon, I think will probably look for that knockout blow early mm-hmm. on. If he can't get it in the first, I think he will probably get it in the second. Now, Rodriguez is grappling just isn't UFC caliber, but against scarred out and Chukri, you won't have to worry about that. The bloke's always looking for a knockout win. So, as I said, this is going to be a stand-up battle, and it just sort of depends who can land that knockout blow. I, I know Rodriguez is very versatile in his uh, striking; you know, landing those knees, those elbows, but we just has that more of a powerful punch, and I'm going to go for Nchukri by second round TKO on this one. Oh. There we go.
1: Got it. Second round TKO? Yeah. All right. A lot of value there. I like it. Mm. Uh, last fight I wanted to talk about. You're going to disagree with me on this one, I think. Carlson Harris You're... versus Impa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Carlson Harris <laughs> versus Impa. Carlson Harris was the slight underdog. He still is mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Yeah, plus 103. I can get him for plus 103. I like that play an awful lot. This line is dropped. He opened a plus 150, plus 103 now. Give me Carlson catching a plus line. I don't care how he wins. I'm just going to take the money and run with it again.
2: You sure you don't want to give a prediction? Uh, well, how he gets it done? Oh, let me look at the stats real quick. <laughs> God damn it. Here we go. Uh, it Car- on Carlson Harris by decision. There we go. Carlson Harris by decision. <sighs> um... This is—I know I backed him on this one. I think yeah. with Carson Harris, I think if he can get the fight to the floor, he'll ultimately look for the submission because you look at his last win in the UFC, uh, Christian Aguilera won by an anaconda choke, and then before that in the various regional promotions, he's got a lot of submission oh, wins under his belt. So I think if you—if he can get the fight to the floor, Carson Harris, and he'll look for the submission probably from the get-go, maybe in the first round. I think Imper kasagni hes just—he's still young and very extremely gifted. Uh, I think. If he fixed up his issues when you look to him in his loss to Joaquin Buckley, then I'm pretty sure he can get the job done. He's coming off of that win against Sasha, uh, probably going to butcher his name, Palatnikov. I've probably butchered that completely. So that would give him some sort of confidence going into this one with Carsten Harris, but you cannot mess around with Carsten Harris. As I said on the mat, he's very dangerous, but... As I said, Impa Kosagny is very, very young. He's 27. There's still a lot to learn. So even if he does lose, there's, you know, there's no shame. I think Harris is probably the harder puncher and the more proven wrestler. But I think Kosagny, he's very well-rounded in his approach. I think he's more of like a, a great technical striker. But again, this one will be a tough one. I think this one will go the decision. I think Impa's take takedown defense will probably be tested this weekend. You know, Carlson will look to, to shoot and get the fight to the floor early on, but if he can avoid the takedowns and keep the fight standing, and just sort of control the proceedings, I think he'll get it done by decision. So I'm going to go for Imper uh, Kosagny by decision.
1: It couldn't end any other way with you just just taking my pick and just tearing it up, laughing at yeah, it.
2: Disagreeing with the completely. And, and moving on, yeah. yeah. All right. But I, I, of- I did say there was potential with Carlson. You
1: know? oh, oh, thanks. Thanks for throwing me a fucking bone
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> ass <Jackass. laughs>
1: oh man how are things going are you are you have you moved yet are you still in your hometown
2: no no i'm still in my hometown so yeah <laughs> so a lot happened over the last two weeks um I, I ended up turning the job down what yep <laughs> so i got sent over the it, last week i got sent over the contract so i found out the salary and was looking at the sort of financial implications of it. And I was doing the numbers and I thought, so Portsmouth, uh, it's, it's along the South coast, whereas you look at the, the offices were based just outside of the Island. So that's going to be travel to get up there and where I'm based is a place called Gosport and that's like a, a little Island off of Portsmouth. So you have to get the ferry there and just traveling there and back every day and then traveling up towards the office. It's just going to be too expensive and the living costs, oh my God, we're just through the roof. Like, I think if I found out a couple of months ago, I would have been able to have lived with um, a couple of my uni mates that was still staying there for another year, but on my own, it's just too expensive. And, you know, for what it's worth, I just don't think it was worth it. With regards to the salary and the travel, it just, you know, it wasn't me. But now I've got an interview coming up tomorrow for... A sports social media executive role so Ooh. I get to run their account do a lot of like previews and a lot of them are betting previews to be fair so I've got you to thank for that oh there you go there you go <laughs> so good job you're, yeah coming on your shows, coming up clutch. but so yeah I'm doing a lot of um, it'll be a lot of uh, social media role. I'll be controlling their Twitter feeds and their, their various Facebook and accounts and what have you and then doing a lot of betting previews for like football UFC and boxing and then the other interview is for a reporter role back in my hometown, so I think I'd probably be better off staying locally and just sort of working my way up and saving up, and I have sort of realized that after the job offer in Portsmouth, so, you know, I'm happy I turned it down, and here we go, fingers crossed with uh, one of the two interviews, I'll get one of them, so, yeah, I couldn't be more happy. Nice, very cool. looks like beggars can be choosers. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I'm surprised I've had, you know, I've had a fair few offers already, and for someone leaving uni right from their get-go to get a couple of offers already in a field you enjoy it's hard to come by these days and especially in this day and age with all the sort of covid still lingering now and then I'm, I'm you know i'm doing all right for myself so i can't complain and fingers crossed i guess
1: okay well g- good luck with all that man we love well, thank following you. your soap opera life
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's just too dramatic no there's always something going on and i'm absolutely. always tweeting or posting about it absolutely all right james go away